Tokozani, Magu, Namaste, Selbona, I see you and recognize the divine in you, in me, in all of us. I am Gogo Tulegani. I'm a Sangoma medicine woman, priestess, seer, diviner, time traveler, and all of the great things that my ancestors have created me to be. I am devoted to the ancient ways of the ones before me who were healers, wisdom keepers, who understood the stars, the warriors, and I am a keeper of the wisdom of the elements of nature. This audio series, Ancestral Dreams, and prophecies is a gateway or a sacred space to see our dreams as teachers and helpers for those on a spiritual journey by demystifying the ancestral realm, our subconscious, and to build bridges between our individual dreams and to share what fuels and inspires my work as an ancestral healer. Thank you for joining the journey. I greet you and the divine spirits that walk with you. Um, This week's episode might be a little bit long-winded. A few things popped up in my mind today that I wanted to share, um, as well as an excerpt from a comedic priest on dreams. I'll be sharing my perspectives on dreams that were submitted to me by my beautiful community, Um, and as well as inviting two guests in the ancestral healing community to share their perspectives Um, their ancestral perspectives on dreams, omens, and the ancestral healing journey. So sit back, take your time, and listen to Goza. One of the things that I've been meditating on as the, the year ends is my presence online as a healer. Um, being visible as a healer is, is a very interesting thing, especially for me being a Sangoma in America where there's like maybe two handfuls of us around. Um, it, it requires me to constantly educate people just about who I am and, and what I do. And um, You know, sometimes it's strange with everything that's happening with technology, but I'm definitely one that's not intimidated by technology. I'm very um, entranced by it. I I grew up with a family member who always introduced us to technology, and I'm definitely a a nerd in that sense. Um, But, you know, my presence online is really about growth. It's about um, providing and holding space for us all to grow, especially myself. Um, everything that I create, everything that I do is is what I wish was accessible to me a long time ago. And even right now, you know, when I'm surfing YouTube or um, certain articles, it's like there's things that I wish were reflected, that were a reflection of me. Yes. Um, And so I'm in this space, not because I think I'm a great podcaster or a great um, speaker at all. Um, You know, my calling is definitely not this specifically. And and so I've decided to just do like maybe 11 episodes a season. Um, But I'm here to offer space for learning and growth. And so I really hope that you bear with me as I get used to all of this technology and that um, you are learning as I'm learning. So I'm going to go into the excerpt from this comedic priest. So here's an excerpt from the book Ma'at, The Eleven Laws of God by Ra Un Nefer Amen. 
And it's the part of, a part of the book where he's starting to talk about the different brave brain waves in our mind and our consciousness. And just a little brief note for those of you who don't know what that is, is that our mind has different levels to it. Um, in our everyday to day consciousness, we are in the beta phase. And this phase is important because it's what helps us function and drive and do the physical things that we need to do in this world. Um, in order to survive and that's okay but as we meditate or as we start to do spiritual activities or spiritually centered activities our our brain starts to enter different states of consciousness and the more we go into each phase the more receptive we are to perceiving the realm of spirit and and the other dimensions that we are um, that are interwoven in our life's experience so he starts off by saying in Incidentally, the Delta state is the best state for healing physical and psychological health disorders that are associated with deep psychological trauma. The tension generated by such trauma settles in the muscles and healing cannot take place until the tension is removed from the body. When we are asleep in the Delta state, the brain releases a chemical that deactivates the muscular system to prevent the person from physically acting out dreams. In normal sleep, this centers these centers of tension remain undisturbed by this chemical. In a therapeutic session, the therapist can guide the uncovering of this ten these tension spots and their removal through the various techniques that are part of and parcel of their craft. The same goal is achieved when in this state, initiates are made to re relive traumatic experience in association with the laws, the 11 laws of God. This is how and why spiritual initiation results in healing without focusing on it. An important manifestation in the Delta state that occurs in dreams and especially in meditation and therapeutic, therapeutic sessions are dreams. One of the major functions of dreams is to provide feedback indicating which conditionings the spirit is ready to deprogram. A dream involving fear of dogs in someone who has this fear, for example, is a sign that that spirit is ready to remove this conditioning. Failure to respond appropriately to such dreams causes the conditioning to be reintroduced or reinforced. When such dreams occur, their topic or the actual scenario of the dream should be made the topic of a meditation or therapeutic session during the ensuing days. People involved in meditation or altered consciousness therapy always have dreams that incorporate the issues they are working on. The purpose of such dreams is to provide feedback on the progress of the impregnation of the spirit or subconscious with the will. As a matter of fact, this is the best way of keeping track of one's spiritual progress. In the Kemetic spiritual tradition, Haru, or what's considered man's will, is designed to be the king of the earth. That is, the will must rule during the waking state. And Asar is destined to be the king of the underworld, or the spirit or subconscious realm. This is a highly poetical way of saying that when we see ourselves always acting in our dreams according to the laws the 11 laws of God they then we will know that we have become a sar it is not enough to master the emotions while we are awake the mastery must reflect itself in our dreams i.e the subconscious life Viewed from another perspective, it is saying that Haru's job is to resurrect Asar, or that 100% effort to apply the will to living according to the laws of God will result in the automatic reflex of thoughts and feelings in harmony with such laws. The behavior will manifest during the waking hours as well as in dreams. 
The feedback we get from dreams that show the progress of healing therapies is often missed due is often missed due to the deficiencies in the knowledge of the therapist or the meditation guide. Unknown to everyone might be the fact that a particular illness, let's say chronic diarrhea, was caused by chronically established tension that followed being attacked by a mug mugger. Thus, following the therapy session, the subject dreams of being attacked and relives the original emotion. This is an attempt of the spirit to reveal the underlying cause of the illness. It is easy to see how the correspondence can be easily missed by the untrained. The revelatory function of such dreams is not limited to causes operating in the present lifetime. The causes can be as far back as an incarnation preceding the last one. The revelations are not limited to causes of problems, personal or otherwise. They can be about any subject that is useful to the person and to the world. Many of the great inventions and prophecies were revealed in the Alpha and Delta state of mind. So that was a little long, but... I really love how he words um, this way of understanding dreams. This is something that I talk a lot about in my dream workshops and in my sessions with people. Um, a lot of times when we're doing healing work and people are having certain dreams, it really indicates what it is that is, is shifting within them, what it is that is being healed. It clarifies so many things. So I work a lot with dreams and a lot of um, healers work a lot with dreams and one of the things that I always tell to people is to take the things that are being shown in your dreams into your day-to-day -day life, meditate on it, do some work around it, do some chants around it, um, ask, you know, when things are unclear, ask your guides and meditation to clarify, like this happened, what did it mean? Um, in general, this excerpt just really shows how our dreams are something that can be worked with. Our dreams are something that are a part of our therapy and our healing. And I love it. <laughs>Next, I would love to go beyond just what I have to say, what Gogo thinks about dreams, um, and to bring in two healers that I admire, two healers that I respect, two healers that are on the ancestral healing journey. And so I want to share some snippets on their thoughts on dream science and dream insights or experiences that were significant or meaningful to them on their journey. First up, I have Luz Astral. She is a master astrologer, a wise woman, um, a curandera. Curandera is the word in Spanish for healer. She's from Puerto Rico, and um, she's connected to many lineages through her ancestors. And so here's what she had to say. I firmly believe that when we are asleep, we achieve a level of freedom, of spiritual liberation that we cannot achieve while we are awake. When we are experiencing consciousness, when we are awake, when we are present, um, we are confined to the laws of this physical world that we have incarnated in. But when we are asleep, our soul is free free to travel many worlds. I believe the dream world isn't just one place. The dream world is actually a process of visiting many places, um, 
many worlds, um, both higher and lower. And it's not only confined to the present, but we can actually travel past and future because in that state, we are free. In these worlds as well, we can connect with our ancestors. We can connect with our higher spirits, our higher selves. We can connect with those that we know from other lives, from other worlds. Um, so there, in that state, we don't have the same confinements that we do when we are conscious in the physical world. In the sleep world, we are free, free to travel, free to roam, free to experience. Dreams are a recollection of these experiences. And sometimes that's why dreams don't make sense or, or they don't appear to make sense to us because we are remembering what occurred in sleep state and we are trying to define that with our conscious mind. I can honestly say that there are many dreams that have altered or changed the trajectory of my life. Um, my earliest dream, my earliest recollection of one of these experiences is being five years old and having a dream in which I was basically living out my morning routine, you know, as a five-year-old getting ready for kindergarten. And then I wake up and then next morning, I pretty much, everything that I dreamt the night before happened. And that's when I realized at such a young age, okay, something happened here. Something happened here. And I remember going to my mom and asking her, is this normal? Is this normal? And she told me, don't speak about this in school. Don't speak about this to others. It's normal in our family. It might not be normal to others. So that was my first learning lesson that this was something that I could expect to happen in my life. Um, it was a good experience with my mother because it was a building, um, a bonding experience in which um, that was the first of many times I would go to her. Um, when I was experiencing something that seemed out of the ordinary spiritually and she was able to guide me. Um, but it was definitely the first time in which I experienced something on a dream state that made me realize, okay, there's no separation here. What happens in the physical world, in the conscious world, is definitely related to the sub subconscious dream world. I'm 43 now and... I would say what I'm still learning about dreams is that, you know, there's a connection between the conscious world and the subconscious world, and they're not separate. But if we learn to navigate both worlds, we understand how to live a better one in this one. You see, if we can control our lucid dreams, if we are able to go into that dream world and be aware that we are dreaming and be able to direct the movie the way a director directs a movie on a movie set, you can influence what happens in the physical world. Let's say someone is ill or someone is going through a problem 
or you know someone is going through a life challenge, if they can go into the dream world and be aware of that dream state and plant the seed directly in the actual world, that has a great um, possibility of manifesting as such, whether that is the person needs help or the person needs um, economic stability or the person needs some types of opportunity, whatever they're trying to manifest. If we plant the seed in that subconscious world, it has great potential to manifest in the physical world. Tokozani, I hope you appreciate those words from Luz. I appreciate everything that she said because it definitely affirms what I have seen on the journey. And um, I love what she shared about how, you know, sometimes it's difficult to process our dreams because we're responding to our dreams from our conscious mind and our mind in the dream state is way more expansive. Um, And so that's something that's just good to always keep in mind to just breathe (laughs) and look beyond the conscious mind when we are looking at dreams. I love how, you know, even in her story about what she experienced when she was younger, um, you have this insight about how dreams can reveal um, our spiritual abilities and um, the things about us that are beyond the physical, the things about us that, you know, um, most people aren't used to. Um, it's, It's just so beautiful and so profound and last. Um, the great, great ability that we have to use our dreams to manifest healing, to manifest changes into this physical realm. Like that is um, being lucid is something that is so um, powerful, not only in our dream state, but in our waking state. Luz is currently in Colombia, and if you want to reach out to her, please follow her on Instagram. She, her Instagram handle is in the show notes, and um, I'm grateful. Thank you for sharing in this space. Next, we have Mkulu Makanya. He is a Sangoma in South Africa in the Johannesburg area. He is um, just a beautiful and insightful person. He is... Um, someone whose thoughts I I constantly go back to the things that he says and I'm like yeah <laughs> um so yeah here's what Mkulu had to say about dreams so what is the significance of dreams um in the spiritual or ancestral realms uh dreams are a way for us to wake up to our essence and true selves on a regular. So as the cliche goes, that we are human beings having a spiritual experience um, on earth, or what does it say? We are spiritual beings having a human experience on earth. So... It is therefore required for us to check in with our real selves on a regular basis. And sleep is one of the ways or methods in which we we check in with our real selves, with with the place that we call home. So through dreams, we visit many places um, through a process that we, we call 
astral traveling. There are many places that we we visit. Um, realm of ancestors, for example. There is also a realm of of Buddhas, for example. Um, Buddhas speak of um, pure lands that one can visit in order to meet with divine beings. And we also speak of visiting other planets, um, other life forms. For example, uh, there are beings that through sleep they visit um, the sun, where you find different um, spiritual teachers, different guides, um, as, well, as well as different deities or gods. So dreaming, in essence, is a way in which we we escape this planet in order to find uh, direction, education, ways in which we can recharge, you know, um, because it is through connecting with forces of other of other planets and other spaces that um, our bodies and our spirits get recharged and revived through different energies that we 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 come into contact with. I think what what surprises me and constantly blows me away about dreams is how abstract they can be and the symbolism just continuously blows me away uh, the dream world makes use of the most um, abstract of ideas you would dream of someone that you last saw um, in, in, in school and someone that you were not even close with but for some reason, you know, they would rock, rock up in your dream state, that, you know, that sort of a thing. Um, you see someone once in a public space, whether it's a restaurant or taxi. Next thing, in, you know, the, the following evening you dream about them. So for me, that's what, that's what actually fascinates me about the dream world, that it is just dynamic in that sense, just draws from, from whatever source <laughs> that we... we we don't even know of yeah i do have an experience where you know um a phenomenon that happened um through the dream state then uh, impacted on my journey significantly and i could also say that it's probably my turning point you know in my spiritual life it was my turning point in my spiritual life so I had grown tired, exhausted, and had slipped into despair. So I normally say that when one slips into despair, it means you have your your depression has matured, as it were. And I I was in that state. Um, and I thought, you know what? I think it's time I end this, and I'm going to commit suicide. So. I sat on the bed um, contemplating a method that will allow me to leave the body, a method that is pain-free. So uh, the time was exactly uh, five minutes past uh, seven in the evening. So I was quite, I was quite awake and fresh. You know, one, one wouldn't say I was sleepy or anything like that. But out of, out of the blue, I just felt. 
um, the strong, deep sense of sleep, and I just passed out on the bed. So when I passed out, I, I then woke up in a dream, you know? So, so in, this, in this part of, of life, in the world, I, I slept, and then when I woke up, it was, I was in a space, and I, and, I, and I was with my late aunt, who said to me, um, I can see you're trying to commit suicide and you're trying to kill yourself. And let me show you what happens to people that kill themselves. Okay. And then she took me through this place that looked like caves. In fact, it was it was caves, but they were quite um, designed in a in a very fancy and creative way, where there was a lot of compartments. Well, compartments made of caves, as it were. So. And I saw men dressed in different colors from, I remember, purple, white, and blue. And she said to me that every person that you see here and the color that they're wearing um, is here because they killed themselves. And these colors that you see actually represent their level of peace when they passed on. So this is how you're going to look like after you kill yourself and this is how this is where you're going to stay and she further said to me that the point of life is to be peaceful and to achieve peace so if you can be peaceful the better chance chances are there for you to actually enjoy the afterlife so yeah and then funny enough uh, in this place there was just men she was the only female that 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 i saw um, and then we, we just had random men walking past that looked as though they were administrators or workers in that area. And she said to me, any more questions? And I said, no. And then she just, okay. And she disappeared. And when she disappeared, then I, I woke up. And uh, from that moment on, my, my despair was healed. My desire to kill myself lessened. It didn't go away entirely, but for me to get a glimpse of actually what happens to people that kill themselves, according to my aunt's narrative, um, that brought a, a good enough level of, of, you know, a degree of, of healing in my in my spirit. And from then on, I began to value dreams and the impact that they can actually have in one's life. So it's an, it's not an experience that I easily share or you know share with people regularly because. Um, I mean, we live in a world that is highly intellectual, um, um, highly skeptical as well. So, you know, it sounds could sound a bit crazy when you say that. But yeah, that's one experience that healed me. Wow. So I know that got really deep. Um, Tokozani Mkulu, thank you for sharing in this space and for letting us um, learn what your ancestors have shown you. Um, it is so profound to me how deep the layers of the dream realm can go and the lessons that can be brought through and the changes that it can make in our lives. Um, the ancestors really do show up for us, man. And that was such a profound example 
of how something in a dream can just completely change the direction of your life. Um, yeah, let us sit with that one. But I, I, the only thing that I really feel called to say is that I, I truly believe that we are being guided, we are being shown, um, and there's so much potential. You know, sometimes I say that, you know, most people wouldn't, wouldn't even believe half of the things that I've seen and, and known um, because the possibilities are truly vast. One person's experience can be completely different from another person's experience. Um, the dream world is as vast as the whole universe um, and the possibilities are endless. So I'm, again, I'm grateful that we are sharing in this way to see the lines of connection between each other. So Mkulu is also on Instagram. His handle is in the show notes. Please send them a message and let them know what their words meant to you. Um, And we will continue to build in this space. So for the last segment of episode three, I would like to share some just dreams, insights, and perspectives based on some dreams that were submitted to me uh, this past week um, that I selected to share as teachable moments. It's interesting because all three of these dreams really, for me, align with the same meaning. They they all describe different encounters or ways that um, spirits and energies reveal themselves to us. So for this first scenario this first dream um the person writes i have an experience seeing this one-time occurrence while outside in my backyard at night as i was walking my dog to potty off in the distance was a pulsating green oval shaped object in the wooded area directly in front of my line of sight when i would aim my flashlight at it it would disappear and reappear like a lighthouse light or fading in and out in your experience, what do you think this was? Thanks in advance. Peace. Thank you for submitting that to me. Um, you know, of course, I can't say exactly what this was. Um, I can't say what something I didn't see with my own eyes was. Um, but to me, it's we all are having, especially in our waking state, many different encounters with energies. Um, the spirits revealing themselves in the form of light, the spirits revealing themselves in the form of us noticing numbers, the spirits revealing themselves in terms of um, just seeing things in the side of our eye. And um, a lot of times these little itty bitty things just seem um, so small or so hard to understand. Um, but m- m- a good majority of the signs and omens that we see f- from spirit are little they're tiny they're little pushes they're little winkles they're little twinkles (laughs) um from the spiritual realm to remind us that we are um you know having more than a physical experience right um you know in the spiritual community and in mythologies there's so much talk about light beings and beings of light um that we are beings of light, that our original form is actually a vibration and not necessarily a physical, um, 
a physical thing that we can kind of attach ourselves to and so it's it's interesting because you were in the backyard and outside and um outside is a lot of nature spirits and it's funny that you know you would see the light and then not see it or it'd be like this lighthouse effect um because to me uh fairy-like beings can be very playful Mm. and also one thing that i've just kind of noticed on the journey is that some energies don't actually like (laughs) light especially the um the types of light that we've created like flashlights and um you know these synthetic types of lighting that we've created as human beings but um for me this is a possibility of being a um a nature spirit Mm. nature spirit just signaling and letting you know that they are there Um, To me, these types of omens and symbols are ones that we note and that we pay attention to um, whether or not it comes up again, especially for you, the green light. Um, Green can symbolize the heart chakra. Green can symbolize the earth. Green can symbolize the plants and the trees. Um, And with the different colors, sometimes different spiritual guides will reveal a certain color that associates with them. So it's their signature. Mm. Um, the way that I see things is that you know sometimes with with spirits it's like we always expect to have a name um, when there are so many other details in what they show us that is their signature or is their name or is their symbol for you to recognize them when they come up again and again just like the numbers 1111 and 222 and all the things that we're seeing it's like they're giving you symbols so that when you see it often or when you see it in specific moments of your life you can recognize that you are being spoken to or you are being affirmed or um you know all of the things so that's my thoughts on that dream or that experience that was an experience a vision um and so let's get into the next one second person writes I have seen these kinds of beings before usually in my bedroom usually in the wee hours of the morning I've tried to look up what they are they look clear with an almost human being shape and it looks as though they contain symbols of some sort sometimes I see tiny orbs around them the symbols around or within their astral bodies appear to be some sacred geometry symbols this was in the very early morning hours peace thank you so again, we are seeing um, this symbol of lights and orbs and um, these, what did she say, human being-like shapes, but they were clear. Um, so again, we're getting an opportunity to see the different forms that spirits can take. Um, I think that is interesting that you said that when I, I see these kind, I've seen these kind of things before, usually in my bedroom. Um, usually when we have spiritual experiences and visions, the feeling that we feel behind it is a part of the experience or the interpretation. And so there's something about these beings that are familiar to you. There's something about these spirits that are like our family or friendly. 
um, the bedroom is our most intimate space. You know, only certain people we invite into that space. Not that other things can't get in, but um, the fact that you usually see it in the space where you rest, where you dream, where you tend to your personal things, it just speaks to a closeness. Um, The wee hours of the morning, as some of you may know, the early, early hours of the morning are very significant in a lot of spiritual and religious um, ways of thinking. The hours, the early hours of the morning is when we, the, the veil is very thin and actually the way that our, our brains and our minds are functioning is that we are more able to perceive the spiritual realm. And so there, you, the fact that you see them in the morning um, often is that you are most open to receive them. Yes, they're probably with you throughout the day in different parts of the home, um, but the morning is the easiest time for you to perceive and receive um, their messages and their forms. Um, you know, in my my experience and the many years that I've been doing this, I start you start to just notice certain patterns. You start to hear when people talk about this type of being. There's a certain um, general experience that mul- multiple people ha- um, have, and so I think that it's interesting that um, these beings are, are. It seems like they're coming to you in groups. Yes, you know, not only are you seeing the beings, but you're seeing orbs around it. So there's a collective hiss of spirits coming together um, and interacting with you at, at once. And I think this is interesting because sometimes we have, um, we'll see one ancestor or one elemental being or, you know, one person comes. Um, and when groups of energies come together, yes, um, it speaks to like a council. It speaks to a group. It speaks to a lineage. Um, a lot of times I find that there are certain collectives of groups um, that come and interact with us. These can be beings from other worlds, other planets, other universes. Um, they can definitely be ancestors as well. Um, but to me, when a being doesn't necessarily come in a, a human form, it can speak to an ancientness about them. It can speak to an, uh, an ascended master type of level of beings. Um, so just high frequency, because when, when we pass and we um, start to let travel the spiritual realm and start to let go of our physical body and our physical personalities and we start to hold the frequencies of other energies I don't know it just speaks to me about something very um, elevated and very divine about this group of beings Um, I also find that when I guess what I will say is that You know, I I think I spoke earlier on this episode about how we are, um, our dreams can speak to us about our spiritual abilities. Yes. And I kind of see like there's this group, I see this group of beings around you and it's almost like sometimes the spirits are looking for people on the planet who um, have agreed to come to do certain things. Yes. And um, who have uh, 
we all have a purpose and a calling and so your purpose and calling aligns with these beings and so they're interacting with you in a way that you can be a voice for them um and so that's what i'm gonna say about that (laughs) um that's that's what i'm gonna say about that for now but um again very interesting symbols these these clear beings the sacred geometry there's an ascended and elevated um aspect to these beings and what i'll the last thing that i'll just say is that um just like the excerpt that i shared at the beginning by the comedic priest on the 11 laws of god um when we receive information in our dreams take it into your meditation take it into your practice Yes, you may not have a name or um, a specific interpretation to um, go off of, but speak with them. Ask them who they are. Mm. Um, Visualize the images and the symbols that you have already been given because that is going to, it's it's like a response. It's like they've spoken in this way to you and your response to them is now creating a conversation. Yes, it's creating this engagement that can unfold for you more about who these beings are to you of course this is something that um, you can journey on in your in your meditation and in your spiritual practice um, and and also to consult and and to inquire about you know I think you mentioned that um, you know you tried to look it up and that's always a good thing to do I'm I'm a fan of Google (laughs) in some ways um, at least in 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 a way to help Um, understand things a little bit better but um, you are the greatest source of the information about these beings and so you have to be willing to tap in and go within and go deeper and inquire um, to better understand who they are to you and and what mission yes they have agreed that your soul and their soul have agreed upon to to um, make in this lifetime so um yeah that's that (laughs) thank you last up this person says that I saw massive dark thunderstorms which seems to react which seemed to react to me and then it looked like the clouds or the storm was a living entity which I can control or affect later I picked up a cane which aggravated hectic lightning which I could pull from the sky and arc to the ground as if practicing how to maneuver power the power of elements and the cane ended up breaking and I asked this person a few follow-up questions and he says that a week before this dream, he was in his shrine or um, altar space of the family, and a being said that there is a power they want to bestow to you, and what you will use, and they asked them, what will you use this gift for if it's given to you? And so they were like inquiring, looking for him to answer this question. And so he tells the beings that he would be responsible and use it in the correct way. Um, And so they said, okay, so we may start. And they gave him two canes. Um, When he took the canes in his hand, he felt a surge of electricity in his hands, which was overwhelming at first, but he was then able to stand up and use the canes. When he looked at the beings inside, in the eyes, it looked like bright lightning. 
was in their eyes. And so he asks me if all of this is connected. You know, I love these kinds of dreams because um, this person didn't ask me this specifically, but sometimes people will be like, well, I don't know who my guides are. or I don't know if the spirits are, you know, connecting with me and, and this, that and the third. And then we get to like a dream like this and I'm like, that's them right there. <laughs> or like that's that's uh, the heart of what um, is speaking to you right now. And I often talk about the ancestors in a greater context. The ancestors aren't just our blood relatives that we knew in recent lifetimes. They are more, they're also ancient people because of the places that our ancestors live and the ways that they live. Um, ancestors are also associated with elements, with animals, with plants, with trees, with the sun, with the moon. Um, all of these things are all of our relations. We relate to all of these things. And so we can say that the leopard is an ancestor. We can say that the moon is an ancestor. Yes, because um, all of this forms our blood and our bones and our DNA, right? So to me, this dream experience speaks to certain forces in nature that are specific to his being, you know, um, we all have many different types of guides and guardians. Um, and a lot of times they come in their human form and they also come in an elemental form. And so the thunder and the lightning is a big um, energy, an element that is prevalent, that is connected to you. And you can even look at it as that you had um, ancestral spirits who used the energy of lightning and thunder as their magic Mm. you know we talk about in oral traditions about um, people using elements of nature to affect the crops and how they grow food calling upon the rain or using the elements to do magical and also everyday things that helped the community so um to me there's this strong presence of of a guide that um, is associated with thunder it reminds when i first read this i thought about how you know in the nigerian tradition and in other traditions but in nigeria the yoruba path they talk about shango and he is the god of like lightning and so when you think about um your spiritual experiences it's like these things are unraveling and being revealed to you Um, I think that it's interesting that, you know, the cane was broken because the the cane is obviously associated with this power that the the guides are asking if you are ready to receive and and asking you how you're going to use it, because that is definitely something that the spirits care about. You know, when they give us things, when they reveal things to us, they are looking at, they're looking at, you know, what we're going to do with it. Hmm. And um, the responsibility that comes with being a spiritual being and, and, and using our powers to impact our families in the world. So I thought it was interesting that the, one of the canes ended up breaking um, due to the lightning. Because sometimes when you think about a cane, um, in our regular day life, who uses canes? Canes. Canes are used by the elderly. These are people who have come to a certain age and wisdom and whose bodies are needing the support of a cane. Um, Hikers and people who are always immersed in nature tend to carry canes. Mm -hmm. 
And so there's this wisdom keeper kind of energy around the king. And the fact that it broke, you know, speaks to me about how, you know, our connection to the spirits, our connection to some of these powers have been broken. Um, There have been some disconnect. And so a part of our path is fixing, is rewriting, is activating these powers again is picking them up again putting it back together learning about who we are mm-hmm. and um i believe when when he expressed this dream he said that the lightning had something to do with um the cane breaking and it's like sometimes in our lives you know there is a divine um or a natural reason why things break or go or or go out of um go into a chaotic place and it's you know I I was once told by uh, a Baba Lao and a priest that there was this difficulty that I was having in my life and um, he told me that this particular problem was like sent from God and I was like what what is this is this a religious moment right now (laughs) but what he meant by that is that this was in divine order this was supposed to happen this moment in time has come for you to move about life differently And I know sometimes, especially in the African spiritual circle, we talk a lot about curses or we talk a lot about um, just negative things happening like it's always just negative and not also divine lessons and a part of the greater plan and um, the reason why there is a journey and a mission. So that's my perspective. (laughs) Um, It's a beautiful dream. I love how, the, I just love the many different ways that we can interact in the astral realm, in the spiritual realm, in the realms of the ancestors. And so I hope you all got some, some insight and some light bulbs from these dreams and the insights that came with it. Tokozani, thank you for listening to episode three. Um, If something I said in this episode resonated with you or a light bulb went off in your mind, or if it was helpful, please send me a message. Let me know. I would love to hear from you. If you would like to send a dream, a vision, an omen, or an experience that you've had that you would love to hear my perspective on, feel free to send me a direct message on Instagram or through WhatsApp at 202-618-0408. Um, If you'd love to hear and read more about my work, you can do so at sacredliberation.com. And other than that, have a profoundly beautiful end of 2019. I look forward to seeing you in the new year and in the next episode. Peace.